Happy Father's Day. It's great to be a dad. If you're a dad, I know you feel excited. Some of you guys got a special breakfast. Some of you guys got a special hug this morning. Other you just, other you just got granola cereal. But it was one of the best granola cereals I had with my kids. It was awesome. I like simple. You know, Karen's making me some strawberry pies this afternoon. She's last night, she was baking the crust. I love that crust. It's why I, I'm 40 pounds overweight. It's, it's amazing. It's why I only had a few good spurts of me in the game because, you know, I'm chugging, not, not along Gio, but I'm chugging on some LBs along the way. Um, you know, I, I just wanted, again, wanted to commend uh, not only our, uh, the toughness of our team, which Steve mentioned, but the character of our team. Um, there were some moments there where it, it got very competitive, and it could have gotten either way. And I appreciate um, uh, the parents, even though they were being sinned against as well in some situations, where I had to go correct certain people uh, and, there was, you know, and, and use the scriptures there. And that's the great thing about being competitive disciples. You can go back to the Word of God to help straighten up our hearts. But I want to commend our players. They, had, they showed character. Uh, they showed discipline. Uh, we did not retaliate. We did not uh, uh, try to fight back, even though sometimes we were unfairly fouled. So I wanted to uh, commend, uh, especially the sons of disciples. Now, what that means is that they were born of disciples uh, in the, in their, into their family, and so they have a birthright into the tournament. They don't have to be studying the Bible or anything, because if, if you're a non-member, you have to be kind of studying the Bible a little bit to be playing. But if you're a son of a disciple, it's, you have a birthright into the tournament. So we had Josh and AJ. We had Weston and Quinn. We had four men who, had, who were born into this tournament, so to speak. And we were very proud of them, very, very proud. So especially proud of my man, Steve Burns. He's not a goalkeeper, but, uh, you know, after, after the first game, they scored a goal in the first 15 minutes. And then we pretty much shut out every team except for the finals. And that's a combination of Steve's prowess. He's much more physically in shape than I am, obviously. And also Josh uh, being back there on, on defense and a few others. Our, our right fullback missed the final game. He was one of our better fullbacks because his sister was getting baptized that day. So Ryan Upton went to see his sister get baptized. Could we have needed him? Yes. Did I call his father to put back the baptism? Yes. Just kidding. Uh, but he went out there, and we, we did without, and, uh, you know, it is what it is, and we're grateful to have played. Yes. We're very grateful to have played. If you can put my slide up there, uh, I'm not sure if it's there. I have a, as, a, as, a, as a son writing to his dad, he's away, he's grown up, and he writes to his dad, Dear Father, school is really great. I am making lots of friends and studying very hard, and with all my stuff, I simply can't think of anything I need. So if you would like, you can just send me a card. And as I would love to hear from you, love your son. You may get a card like that in the future. And the father replies with the next slide. Dear son, I know that astronomy and economics and oceanography are enough to keep even an honor student busy. Do not forget that the pursuit of knowledge is a noble task, and you can never study enough. Love, Dad. 
you know, the relationship we have with our dads on the earth is awesome. And cherish them. Yesterday, I got to spend time with my father. Uh, we went to visit him after the soccer game. Uh, and we actually had the Diaz's come over as well. We originally invited the Burns, but it got too late. So uh, the Diaz's came home. We spent like a, an afternoon with my parents. And it was great just to sit down with them and have a great meal. We watched Honduras beats Costa Rica in penalty kicks. Uh, my dad, if you come to the house, there's always a soccer game on TV. That's just how it is when you go, get there. So either you can join them in the fun or sit back in bitterness. So I just joined him in the fun. And it was awesome. And uh, one of the things that uh, I really appreciate about my dad, uh, he didn't come to a lot of my soccer matches growing up. And, and I can take the position of, well, he was just an inept father. I think I had that immaturity at first that he didn't care, he didn't love me. Um, and as I got older, I began to realize that my father put three, three of his four sons through private school uh, from K through 12. And looking at the tuition that I looked into for my children, I'm saying, Dad was a stud. Uh, no wonder he wasn't at my game. He was trying to put me through uh, a great education. He was trying to give me better things in life. And my dad was just working for the railroad. He wasn't an executive for the railroad. He was uh, in, the, in the actual physical train, the yard of the railroad. He was with the trains and all the sweaty guys down there. And one of the things that he came finally to my, one of my college games I was a senior in college playing at Cal Poly Pomona, um, and I was nervous because he hadn't, you know, he'd, he'd hardly ever come to my games. And so last thing I wanted to do was, was disappoint. So we played the match. Uh, I, I was a little bit disappointed. I didn't play as well as I thought I would. I was, I was just really nervous, uh, not just because my, my dad was there, but because my dad, my brothers, everyone was all there, and my older brother was this, you know, collegiate standout, and so I, I was always living in his shadow. And after the game, you know, uh, I looked over, and there was my dad still there after the game. Usually, you know, he'd leave early or get bored and go away. Uh, he stayed, and he's wearing this really weird fisherman's hat. I'm like, that's, that's my dad, I think. He never wore this hat before. So I was that dad? So I walked over there, and he said, and, I, and I, we had this interaction, and I walked up, but I wasn't sure what he was going to say. Last time he came to, my, came to my game was an ASO when he yelled at the coach, let all the players, nobody here can play soccer, and he goes home. That was the last game he went to. So I wasn't sure what he was going to say. I was like, and he says, hey, you can play the game. And it fired me up. I was like, yes. He says I can play the game. And I got really excited. And there were moments in my life with my dad that he would say certain phrases. I'm sure you, you've heard your dad say certain phrases. It just fires you up. My dad would say in Spanish, when I would, do some, when I would work hard at something, he would say in Spanish, eso la manera. If you're Spanish, you understand, like, that's the way to go, baby. That's what it means. That's the manera. He would say it to me, and I'd be like, I, at first I didn't know what that meant, but I knew it was something good. Then I figured out, he's saying it. He's fired up. And when we hear things from our father that are encouraging, it motivates us, doesn't it? And not all of us have had the same fatherly experience. We, you know, we can sit here, and we can go back, and we can, we can go through our life and, 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 and be a victim, if, we, if I can use that word. Of our, of our fathers at times. And sometimes some, there are dads who are, aren't loving and aren't kind. But I'm going to show you that the God the Father is the perfect version of your earthly father. You know, our earthly dads are awesome, but they only, do, they only did what they knew best. And that wasn't so much, you know, no one was teaching my dad how to be a dad. No, he had no one in his life guiding him. There wasn't the Bible. We didn't really go to church. So I appreciated any effort he made toward being a dad. Also with my dad was... 
We had an awkward emotional relationship. As I got older, things became more handshakes. Like I would leave for three days going to retreat, and my dad would drop me off, and there'd be the bus, and he goes, okay, son. And I'd be like, I'm going, that was weird. He didn't know how to engage emotionally. And when I was a kid, he was engaging and loving and everything else. But as I, got, I became a man, he, we didn't know how to have, you know, he didn't know how to show his emotion toward me. And so um, now when I go over the house, you know, we, we get, there's big hugs, there's smiles. Um, I used to call my dad Poppy growing up. I don't know what, what you used to call your dad, but, uh, and then I realized it was at school, it's like, no one else is calling their dad Poppy. This is like, so after a while, I became, hey, dad. You know, hi, dad. I love you, dad. Because, you know, I figured out that no one says Poppy around here. Um, you know, and Paul describes, you know, God. And he describes even some of the attributes of, of, of an earthly father. He says, for you know that we dealt with you, each of you, as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. He describes what a father should be doing with his children, encouraging them, comforting them, urging them to do what? To, to get a scholarship? To be the best A student possible, to have all the accolades of earthly treasures and, and, and trophies. Now, he says, worthy of God, living a life that's worthy of God. I think as parents, sometimes we can get kind of caught up into the, you know, what can my kid achieve? This is the ultimate. What, God, what, what, a, what a godly father wants for his child, to live a life worthy of God, God the Father. And the scripture that, that Rick read earlier, and we're grateful for Rick and Brooke sharing their communion. Thank you so much. Uh, Brooke, I, I admire your relationship with your dad. I hope that my daughter and I can share that relationship that you have with your father because that was very powerful to hear as a dad, hearing their daughter say those things about him. I'm sure Rick felt very proud. Your shirt was coming, it was bu- bursting. It was, it was bursting with pride, as I would. Um, how great is the love that the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. Either God has called us by adoption. Maybe you didn't have a father. Maybe your father wasn't around when you were young. But God says you are my children. Your earthly father may have been distant or uninvolved but you are God's child. And that's what he's trying to communicate here to the Christian community. God is your father. And the Bible says God sets the lonely in families. So even though if you might have not had a dad, God wants to be your dad. I want to welcome uh, Tamara to our service here. She's a shoreline descendant. And uh, we love you very much, Tamara. It's great to have you here and great to see you. Um, You know, with fathers... Sometimes we need certain things from our dad. As, as, we, as we get older, we, we realize we, we could have used some things. You know, love. You know, one of the, a father's responsibility is to love their children and love them awesomely. You know, love you for who you are. Also, approval. 
Don't you feel great when your dad just approved you? You know, what am I great? like, son, that's some crazy music, but I like you. I like that you like that. My dad never said that. My dad said, turn that stuff off. Let me show you real music. I'm like, that's weird. Um, acceptance. You know, uh, my, my, younger brother, my younger brother, Carlos, during his junior high years, he'd only wear two colors, black and white. And I'm like, dude, you got to get some color, dude. And uh, my dad always said, hey, you look nice. I'm like, dad, is this black and white? Look at, look at what I'm wearing. He's like, oh, so, you know, he would always go, mm. yeah, I like that. Simple, simple. And Carlos would be like, yeah. He, 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 would, he, would, he would rise up going, dad is approving of what I am and who I am. Um, active participation. You know, your dad involved in your life. Uh, and these are the things that, you know, we, we can step back and say, man, I wish I had that. But God is, wants you to know that God is all of these things. He is all of them. In fact, God speaks to you through his word, going, I believe in you. I believe very much in you. And we've also had different kinds of fathers. We've had encouraging dads. We've had absent dads, dads who may, who may be physically present but absent, meaning they're, they're there but they're not there. Um, and we can have passive dads. You know, a father of five children had won a toy at a raffle. He called his kids together to ask them which one should have the presents. Who is the most obedient, he asked. Who never talks back to their mother will get the prize. Who does everything mother says will get the prize. And the five small voices answered in unison, Okay, Dad, you get the toy. You could have grown up with that kind of dad where, you know, everything was mom ruled the house and he was just, you know, like another child of the house. And you wished he was much more. But not so with God. Not so with God. We could have had abusive fathers. And there are some out there. Uh, You know, and that trait, this trait of abuse can be carried on into your own children very easily. But what the great thing about being a Christian, about being a disciple, about living in a relationship with God, is we can change every one of these traits with our children. That's the beauty of it. I can change the things that I wish that my father would have been. I can change him as a man, as a, as a Christian man. I can make the changes. Although I inherently am like my father in a lot of ways. I'm unromantic. That's my dad's classic you know, trait. He, my mom went, take me flowers, take me to dinner. My dad's like, ah, make dinner. I'll be home at 4 o'clock. You know, and I have that trait in me. I have that trait. Karen's like, you know, flowers would be nice. A card would be encouraging. I'm like, I've probably given Karen 10 flowers in 10 years of marriage. It's just that's my, it's my natural, sinful, self-centered trait that I inherited. And I have to fight that. I've got to fight saying encouraging things. My dad wasn't a very talkative, emotional guy. So just learning how to be, talk with Karen emotionally. Hey, honey, how are you doing? How are you feeling? These things I've had to grow in because I want to change them for my kids. I don't want to have a, a distant relationship with my daughter or my son. I want to be close to them. Um, we can have a performance-based father where, you know, it can push you away because you can't meet up to his standards. You know, hey, you can never measure up. Oh, yeah, this and that. And, and you're always trying to, you know, fight this competitive and they can just say, hey, I'm just tired. I can't do it anymore. 
They can push us away. Sometimes we can have a confusing father where, you know, he's confused. Like, one day is this, one day is that. I'm like, ay, 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 what's going on around here? It's just confusing. One day he wants, he wants to be a Christian, and the next thing, he's never going to church again. What's going on around here? Confusing. He says he makes a lot of promises, but never fulfills them. That's confusing. Yeah, I got to be careful with what I promise my kids, because they will hold you accountable. They'll say, no, Dad, you said that we get, I was like, did I say that? Are uh, you sure? Like, yeah, yeah, you said it yesterday. No, it was Monday afternoon. We did this, and you said this. I go, really? Okay, we're doing it then. And I said, Karen, mental note. You know, with many words, sin is not absent. Let's not open our mouth too much. No, whatever our earthly father can be, God is not. And if you can understand that, you will have emotional and spiritual victory in your relationship with God. Because we view God through the lens of our Father. That's how we view God. If he was distant on the earth, we think God doesn't really pay much attention to us emotionally and how we feel. That's the trait. If, if you didn't have a Father, then you think, oh God, he's there, but he's not available. And so we can have these traits in our relationship. Why pray? God doesn't really care. And we can have this work-based performance where, ah, I, in order to make God happy, I have to be the most super awesomest Christian ever on this earth. And we can have those traits because they're naturally handed through the lens of our experience with our dads. And so what I want to say to you, and this is a lesson that we did at the camp since it's coming up. We did this a few years ago. That God is not a bigger version of your earthly father. He's not your dad magnified. He doesn't have the faults and weaknesses of your dad on earth. In fact, he is the perfect version of your earthly dad. It's whatever you wish your dad would have been on earth. God is just that. The perfect version. And I'm grateful because I know already that even though I'm a Christian, there are shortcomings in my parenting, shortcomings in me in my fatherhood. I know that. And I can tell my kids that God is the perfect version of me because I naturally will have shortcomings. We all will. But that's the great thing about teaching our kids about God. He's the perfect version. My kids always, I always have this argument with my kids. Not argument, but they always make this, they always, have, they always one-up me when I say, oh, that is the be, uh, say that is the best thing in the world. No, it's only the best because God made it the best, Dad. I say, I know that. Now. And I would say, well, this is all. No, God's number one, Dad. I love your mom. You, no, you should love God more. I say, I ain't, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just trying to, and they're always like, I get that. You know, and they're, they're always trying to go, no, no, it's God. It's God. I, I, I. It's understood, son, that I, God is already here. I'm just trying to say this. And but I, what I appreciate is the reminder that God is above all things. You know, I, I ask, who's, who's the best soccer player? And then my kids would go, it would be God. <laughs> I'm like, i never seen Jesus on TV, but you're right. Theoretically, that's true. He would be the best. You know, but I appreciate that they're reminding me that God is perfect. He is the perfect version of what we ever wanted our dads to be. And so here's a couple of scriptures to remind us of some things. It says, ask. So Jesus says to you, ask God. Ask your Father in heaven. 
and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. In other words, he's saying, if you want a relationship with God, all you need to do is ask. Ask him. He will lead you. He will not say, no, 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 you're not up to snuff. Ask and receive. That's what he's saying. That's what he's trying to teach us. In Romans chapter 5, it says this as for, to the Christians. He's saying, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And, we, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. You know, a lot of times we can have a lot of fear in our relationship with our earthly dads. But with God, he says, look, you don't have to be a slave to fear. You don't have to be scared of me. I don't want you scared of me. You received my spirit, which makes you my son. And by him, we cry, Abba, which is the, which is the Hebrew word for daddy. Father. Papa. Papi. He wants not just an acknowledgement that he's your father, he wants something more. He wants the emotional side of you. You know, this morning, just praying, just praying my emotions to God. I have to practice that. I'm just praying through my heart. Because if I don't, I'll have, this, I'll have this God's up here and I'm down here relationship. And I don't want that relationship. I want an emotional relationship. Yes, it takes more energy, takes more thought, takes more, hey, what am I really feeling right now? And God wants that. Abba wants that relationship. How are your quiet times? How's your time with God? Do you make time to have Abba in your life? Daddy, Papi? Do you want him in your life? You got to cry out for him. You know, in Hebrews 5 or 7 says, Jesus cried out with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him. Abba, save me. You know, when your kids are struggling emotionally, what, what do you want them to do? You want them to open up with you, don't you? Like, son, tell me what's going on. You know, Jaden's always like, Tim, what's wrong, Jaden? And you're just trying to draw him out. Like, come on. Your temptation is to get, God, tell me what's going on, boy. What's going on in your heart? That's the temptation. Because you've been asking 10 times, well, how are you feeling? He's like, what are you feeling? What's what happened today? Just tell me, boy, what's going on? Because you get frustrated. You ask the question, you expect him to emotionally open up, but it's not that easy, is it? But how many times is God asking you to open up? Tell me. Come on. Hey. Oh, he leads you to scripture, leads you to a conversation, leads you to church, leads you to this, and you still are holding it back. And then, and then I had, when I can't get this, Karen, can you talk to him, please? And then, then Jane comes, oh, yeah, that's what you're feeling? Okay, no, don't. Because what, what it is, it, he was embarrassed to tell me. He's embarrassed that I'll be disappointed. He's embarrassed that I won't approve. He's embarrassed. And so, working together as, as a team, drawing out his heart, and I have to reassure him, oh, I'm not embarrassed, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, I got to reassure him. Because what's coming out is, what he sees in me, he sees a little bit of my, his grandpa in me. Like, I'm all, Jaden, grandpa you see today is not the same grandpa that I grew up with. Like, I said, well, what do you mean? Well, grandpa would sit at the dinner table with the belt in his hand going, you better hurry up. See, Grandpa won't do that to you now because, you know, he's his grandpa. He's nice. He's, he's older. He's loving. He wants candy, and he wants to play with you all the time. Grandpa wasn't like that all the time. He wasn't always like that. 
You know, when Grandpa came home, Daddy was like shaking his, made sure that he didn't break it, nothing was broken, everything was fine. That's how Daddy felt when Grandpa came home, you know? And I think Jaden has a little bit, sees a little bit of that in me. He has a little bit of that propensity to be scared of Dad versus, hey, I want to open up to Dad. So that's a challenge I have in my parenting, in my relationship with my kids. Because I, I inherited that trait where I can be, they can see me stern have, and, and be strong, but that strength can close uh, someone up. And so I have to be very careful. And Karen is one of the greatest at, at drawing out our kids' hearts. She is the master. And she gets everything out, and then, then he comes and tells me afterwards, which is awesome. It's a great teamwork. Abba, he wants a relationship. Looking in Galatians chapter 4, it reads this. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba, Papi, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. Since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. You know, he's trying to tell you, to encourage you. You're no longer a slave to your shortcomings. That your insecurities don't have to get in the way of your relationship with God. And that's what most holds most people who want to pursue God, what holds them back the most is they're insecure. And when you're insecure with God, you're insecure in relationships. And we don't need to run away anymore. You don't need to run. You don't need to come visit church and then quickly leave. You don't have to run. Abba, Papi wants a relationship. He wants to talk to you. You know, what's interesting about my dad now my dad calls me out of the blue just because he wants to talk more. Now, I could be like, and I used to think this like, Dad, I, I got kids, I got a family, I, I'm, I'm busy. Because that's what was my heart. I was like, why do you want to talk now? We should have talked 17 years ago. <laughs> so I could, I could do that. My dad, my, my, dad, my dad will mail me something. He'll call me to see if I, if I got it. Said, dad, the U.S. mail works pretty good around here. <laughs> he'll call me. I, I sent you something. And then three days later, he'll call. Did you get it? Yeah, Dad, it's right here. Got it. U.S. Postal Service. Pretty good. You know, my dad just wants to he'll go. He'll, he'll call me. Hey. He said, how's it going today? All excited. I'm like, things are going good. What are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. Hanging out, being dad, chilling, you know, watch kids, work. He's like, that's great. Okay, I'll call you later. I was like, that was weird. That's my dad. He's trying to connect. He wants to connect. So I gotta go, I gotta go visit him. It's an awesome thing. Ephesians 5 says this. Sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of Jesus. Yes, be grateful for the dad you had or didn't have. Be grateful. Because that was just an earthly version He's the perfect version. Be grateful in everything. Teen ministry, be grateful for your parents. Yeah, they're not perfect. Yeah, they got a lot of shortcomings. Yeah, they're not as cool as you. We understand that. We used to say that about our parents. You guys are nerds, man. Get with the program. Come on. But, but, they'll die for you. They'll live for you. They'll go, get, they'll go all the way to Fontucky and get burnt in the sun all day for you. Isn't that right, Kathy? Isn't that right? 
Look at, the, look, what, look at what God's trying to tell you. Which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Would you do that? Daddy, can I have a little dum dum fly pop? Okay, son, here's a brick. Have a nice day. Now, appreciate James Hogan handing out dum dum lollipops to the kids to encourage them. Appreciate that. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evilly, evil, sinful nature, shortcomings, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? I think a lot of times people misunderstand God. They think that God doesn't have their best interest in mind. I think God is trying to, you know, try to get it out for you and hurt you and put you in tough situations where you go, this is, why is God doing this to me? Okay, the scriptures, if they're true, it says God doesn't play that weird game with us. Now, God will let you struggle through a situation for your character to grow, as you should as a father. You shouldn't rescue your children every time they're going through a hard, they need to work the stuff out. You know, so my, my dad kind of tells me, you know, my little brother fell asleep with the wheel uh, going down the street, um, and he ran into a pole. Airbag saved him. You know, he's, he's in bed laying down. And uh, my dad's like, okay, um, Gio, put your phone down. Because I, I was like, I was like fidgeting. Yeah, dad, what's going on? And he's like, put your phone down. Oh, I was like, oh, sorry, dad. Yes, father. And he goes, um, I'm not going to help your son, my, your brother this time. He needs to learn how to insurance. He needs to, because my dad wants to jump in and save him, call the insurance company, da, 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 and do everything for him. And he's 35 living at home. I said, dad, well, he's all, I was like, dad, I'm glad you're not going to do that, dad, because you shouldn't. He needs to do it for himself. He needs, to, he needs to take care of himself, dad. But my dad loves him so much, he does everything for his life. And so, in that combined with living in a Latin family, you'll never leave home. <laughs> you will never leave home. Latinos don't want you ever to go leave the house. You can be 50 and have your family in the garage. Everyone's happy. This is amazing. This is how it should be. This is life. That's how it is. How much more? How much more? How much more does your Father in heaven want to take care of you? But let us not take God for granted. Because that is a part of being in a relationship with the perfect father. He's awesome and always forgive you, always love you. The propensity is, I want to take that for granted. And the Bible says don't do that. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the father and the son. In other words, you can run away. You can be all for granted and you can run so far away. You can run away from your relationship with God. God's not running. It doesn't, say, it doesn't say God will run. It says you will run away. And that's what happens when you take him for granted. You run. God doesn't. So we're, we're encouraged here to walk in truth. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth just as the Father commanded us. Walk in the truth. And I'm going to give you some truths about God right now. I'm going to give you some truths. As, uh, as I'm going to read these passages and I just want you to think about what God is trying to communicate to you, okay? As we go through them, please open your heart up to God and allow him to minister to you. You may not know me, but I know everything about you. Psalm 139. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. 
Psalm 139, verse 2. For you are my offspring. Psalm 139. I knew you even before you were conceived. Jeremiah 1, verse 4. You are not a mistake, for all your days are written in my book. Psalm 139. I am not distant and angry, but I am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you. Simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could. Matthew 7, 11. For I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand. For I am your provider, and I meet all of your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. My thoughts toward you are countless as sand on the seashore. Psalm 139. As my child, you are called by my name. Isaiah 43. I created you for my glory. Isaiah 43. One day, I will wipe every tear from your eyes. Revelation 21, verse 3. And I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. Revelations 21. I am your father, and I love you, even as I love my son Jesus. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you. Jesus died so that we could be together. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I'm always with you. I will never, never leave you. I love you more because of who you are than of what you do. Psalm 51. Nothing can separate you from my love. Romans 8, verse 39. You have my very DNA inside of you. Ephesians 4, verse 22. Even if your mother and father forsake you, I never will. Psalm 27. You are loved. You are precious. You are beautiful. You are mine. Happy Father's Day, everybody.